Super excited I get to uh, preach the word today. Um, I'm super excited about that. You know, there's a lot of uh, crazy going on in our world right now. A lot of crazy going on in our world. And at, at times we see the crazy and we can fail to see God right in the middle of it. And if you don't see things right, you can get messed up. If you don't see God in the middle of what you're going through, you're going to get messed up. It's important that we see things right, that, that we know that God is still aware, that there's not anything going on in your life that's taking God by surprise. Might have shocked you a little bit here and there, but nothing has taken God by surprise. His plan for your life is still in motion. His plan for your life is still good. His thoughts about you are still faithful and true. His thoughts and desires for your life is still to have a blessed God quality living in the abundance that he's provided kind of life. But it's important that we see it, that his plan is still in motion. You know, I was uh, with a friend the other day and we were having lunch and I ordered a salad and the salad came and I was getting ready to eat, and she's like, um, there's, she's like staring at it. I'm like, what? You know, and I'm flipping the salad around like, what? Like, what is it? There's like a bug in there. I'm like, what? There's a bug in my salad? And I'm like looking, and here I'm looking for, I'm looking for like a beetle, you know, like a substantial bug. I'm looking for a substantially sized bug. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, I don't see it. And she's like, it's right there, it's right there. And she pointed, and there certainly was a little bug in my salad. Granted, it was little, big enough that I'm not going to eat it. But I was thankful that someone could see when I could not. That someone could help me see when I was blind to it. That's why we came here this morning. Some of us are blind in our life. We're blind to the things that God is truly doing. We're so consumed by what's going on around us that we fail to see that it's God working in us and through us, weaving our life together, and the end's going to come out better than we can even imagine. You know, I have my grandkids. I have six of them, and they're amazing, all unique in their own individual way. But they like to draw pictures. I've learned since then, but they would bring me this picture and they're like, look what I drew for you. And I look at it and I'm like, wow, that is like a really great scarecrow, right? And, and that barn is amazing and all those little spiders running around, that's really cool. And they look at me like, that's not, that's you. That's you. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't know I had arms growing out of my head, right? And legs growing out of my head. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's perfect, right? And that's not a barn. That's your castle, and those are puppies. And I have to go, oh, I'm not seeing this right. I'm not seeing the beauty like I'm supposed to see the beauty because I don't have the right perspective that the creator of the photo has. So today, hopefully, we'll leave this place seeing better, seeing things differently in great expectation of good and not evil in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 14. 
God shows up to Jeremiah. He says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I am way too young. The Lord said to me, don't say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say what I command you. He says, don't be afraid of them for I'm with you. I'll rescue you, declares the Lord. He says, then the Lord reached out and he touched my mouth and he said, I have put my words in your mouth. Then he says these words. He says, see, I want you to say that, say see. He says, see, that word doesn't just mean glance at. That word doesn't mean just casually look at. That means to look intently at, to give uh, aggressive attention to, to perceive. So he's saying, look, I want you to see something. I want you to look intently at something. Today I appoint you. You need to see this. Today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And then the word of the Lord came to me, he says, and God says, what do you see? What do you see, Jeremiah? He says, I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. And the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. For I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. You have seen correctly. Listen, for God to fulfill his promise and his word in our life, we have to see correctly. God told Jeremiah here what he wanted him to see. He says, I am calling you to be a prophet to the nations. I need you to see that. Then he says, what do you see? He says, I see an almond tree. There's a prophetic picture in that. I won't go into it, but he's like, I see an almond tree. And he says, Jeremiah, you've seen correctly. I'm watching over my word. Since you see correctly, I'm able to watch over my word to see that it's going to come to pass in your life. It says, another translation says, I'm watching over my word to do it. I'm on watch to carry out my word. I am watching to make sure my words come true. It's important that we see correctly so that way God can see to it that his word will come to pass in our life. What do you see? You have seen correctly. Our perspective and how we see things is so important. If we're not cautious, we can look and see so much trouble in our world that we actually start thinking it's beyond God's ability to help. That somehow the chaos in our world is, man, we've got to step in and do something. I've got to do something. I've got to step and i got to work. And yeah, we have our part to play. But we must see things God's way. We have to see things correctly so God's word can bring healing and wholeness into the world that we live in. So for God to perform his word in Jeremiah's life, he had to see it correctly. He says, you've seen it correctly, now I can do it. For us to see God's word and plan in our life, we have to see it correctly. You know, the Bible talks even about Jesus when he was here on this earth. The whole struggle and the whole trouble, the whole reason why, why uh, the Jewish people who were, he was actually born into didn't see him, didn't recognize him, is because he didn't look like he would, thought they thought he was going to look. 
It says in John chapter 1, verse 11, that Jesus came to his own people, and even they rejected him. They came to his, he came to his own, and they rejected him. Matthew chapter 13, it says he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everybody was amazed. They said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to, to do miracles? Then they scoffed. They're like, he's the carpenter's son. Man, this is my, my, my daughter's, uh, you know, boyfriend's best friend. Like, who is this guy? Like, like where does he get this wisdom? He says he's just a carpenter's son. We know his mom and all his brothers and sisters. Where did he learn these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And Jesus told them, a prophet is not honored every, everywhere except, a, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. He says he only was able to do a few miracles there because of their unbelief or because they didn't see him correctly. They saw Jesus as the neighbor kid down the street. He could do no mighty thing there because they didn't see him right. As opposed to all those lepers, all those crippled men that Jesus passed by and healed, all those women who, who uh, those widowed women who had their sons raised back to life, they saw Jesus for who he really was. They saw him correctly, and that living word was able to work in them because they saw it right. If we don't see things correctly, we get confused. And then we start doing crazy things. This is nothing new. I know you think it's just like 2020's caused everybody to go crazy. People were, <laughs> when sin entered the world is when crazy entered the world, right? This isn't something new. Yeah, it's been magnified. Yeah, it's been all shoved into, you know, one short period of time. But craziness has been from the, from the, from the fall of man, when man chose wrong. And so when people don't see right, they start thinking crazy and doing crazy. We see this with the children of Israel. When God took them from their, their place of slavery, took them through this, you know, wilderness place, trying to get them to this beautiful land that he promised where there would be abundance and overflow and never lack again, that when they got to the edge of that land that God promised, they sent in some guys. Bible said they sent in some uh, 12 guys just to go in and to get a game plan, right? What's our best uh, way of entering? You know, what's our first step once we get there? Where, where uh, strategically are, are, are the, is the food source and the water source? And that was their purpose of going in there. But what happened was, is they went into this land and they came back out. Moses asked them, hey guys, what'd you see? He said, you went in now I want to know, what did you see? Ten of them, the majority, said, we saw, get this, we're talking about what do you see? They all went to the same place. They all came back out. Moses said, what did you see? Ten of them said, we saw giants. We saw danger. We saw death. We saw way too big. We saw, we can't. And then he asked the other two, he says, well, what did you guys see? 
He says, they said, we see giant fruit. We see an abundance of wealth. We see an abundance of resources. We see it like God sees it. The vision of the 10, though, that saw it wrong led the people in the wrong direction. And they saw destruction and death in their lives. We have to see things correctly. You know, it says that those 10 guys who saw wrong and it affected man, the the vision of the rest, that the vision of the rest was altered by the vision of the few. And it led them in the wrong direction to where the generation after them that they were supposed to be taking into this beautiful, prosperous land, they all died in the wilderness. Our kids, our grandkids, this next generation is dependent on us, parents, to see things correctly. The people of this Valley Celebration Church, believers in Christ Jesus, are depending on us as true believers in Jesus Christ, not just religious uh, church tenders, as true believers in Jesus Christ to have a proper perspective on what's going on right now. And if our eyes aren't truly open to God's purpose and God's plan, we're going to be like these guys. I see it too big. I see it. We can't. I see, man, it's all over for us. And we're going to lead this generation into death and destruction, into life and blessing and favor like God wants us to. When God showed up to Abraham, to Abram way back in Genesis, and God promised him, man, generations after him, he promised him children and and an abundance of children. At first, he could only see the deadness of his womb, the deadness of his wife. He could only see their age and how it's never worked this, it has never worked up until this point. We've tried to have kids. I mean, we haven't like abstained ourselves from each other until we're 100 and then tried, and we've tried to have children. It's not working. That's what they saw until God took Abraham outside to give him a different perspective. He said, you gotta stop looking at your body, you gotta stop looking at why things can't happen and laugh about it, because you'll read both of them laughed. When God said you're going to have children, they're like, yeah, right, okay. That's like someone showing up to you after you just lost your job and say, listen, you're going to prosper and you're going to increase. And you're like, yeah, right, okay. Man, you're going to get this job and you're going to excel and, and, and God's hand of favors on your life. And you watch how God just transformed things, things in your world. God's bringing health to your body and strength to your body. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he had to take Abram outside. He said, I want you to look at, up, up at the sky, and I want, you to, I want you to look at the stars. He's all, what do you see? Aaron's like, uh, stars? He's like, no, let me give you a different perspective. When you look up, you're no longer going to see just something flashing in the sky. When you look up, you're going to see your children. So every star represents a child. Every star represents your, the generations to come after you. Every star represents the blessing and the promise of God coming to pass in your life. You have to have a different perspective. Your eyes have to be open to see something different. When Jesus was hung on the cross, man, even those believers in Christ who chose to believe him because of the miracles that he performed here on this earth, 
They believed that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. But in their opinion, the way that they had been raised and taught, they thought their Messiah was going to come and set up reign and rule in a kingdom here on this earth. So it wasn't happening like they thought it was happening. And they, were, they, they weren't seeing the full redemptive plan of God. They were seeing what they were seeing in that moment. So when Jesus was hung on that cross, they're like, wait a second, this doesn't look right. This doesn't look like it's working out for our good and for our benefit here. How is this helping? I thought he was the Messiah. How is this, how is this even going to work? It looked like it was over. He was pretty tore up. I mean, from the foot of the cross perspective, it looked like when Jesus said, it is finished, that it was over. Like, there was no hope. I mean, Jesus just looked down at his best friend and said, hey, buddy, this is your mama now. Mama, this is your son, because I'm gone. They didn't realize that what they were seeing, they, to, to them, it looked like evil was winning. But it wasn't. Just because it looked like it didn't mean it was. It was all part of God's redemptive plan. What looked like the end was only the beginning. Now, I know you're looking at your life right now and you're going, well, this sucks and this sucks. Listen, if you have the right perspective, what's going on in your world right now does not have to be the end. It can be the beginning of something amazing, a God, uh, a God awakening, a spiritual happening. We live in good times right now. It just depends on how you see it. Remember, they both went into that, they both, all, all 12 went into the wilderness and they all came back out, but they chose to see different things. We all live in this world right now. We're choosing to see different things. The Bible tells a story of Elisha in 2 Kings, and I love this story. Elisha, you know, him and his servant, they're all, they're staying in this fortified city and the army was so mad at him because God was giving him inside information and, uh, and, and he would tell the king about it, and the king would, would move his troops before the enemy was able to invade. God was doing that. And so Elisha, he found out that Elisha was the man of God hearing the voice of God, so he was going to set out to go destroy and kill Elisha. So Elisha's hiding in this, or just staying in this fortified city. One morning they get up, and Elisha's servant ran to the wall and looked out and started freaking out. He's like, man, he's like, there are so many chariots, and there are so many war heroes out there, so many soldiers with so many, like, state-of-the-art for way back then weapons aimed our direction. This is over for us. What are we going to do? And Elisha says this in verse number 16 of 2 Kings. He says, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Now, in the natural... This servant guy is seeing with these eyeballs, the ones that you got in front of your head right now. Do you find sometimes with the mask that you can't see clearly? Sometimes when I have this mask on, I'm sorry, and I wear mine, but um, it's like I can't see and I can't hear. What? Yeah? Like all my senses go out the, the door. I don't know what happens. It's like cover my mouth and my nose and I lose all direction. So he says, he says, there's more for us 
than there are against us. And in your own natural eyes standing there, you're looking out the window, and there's thousands. And you're going, how can that be? There is no way. One, two, thousands, no way. What do you mean there are more for us? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And Elijah says this, Oh, Lord. I love this. This is powerful. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw. He saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Heaven's army is greater than any enemy's army. Can I tell you, you can't see the protection of God around you. The Bible says that we have angels. That's not something weird and mystical new age. That's biblical. We have God sent angels working on our behalf, making sure that the word of God that we see comes to pass in our life. Way more powerful than any of the en enemy's foes. Way more powerful. What are we afraid of? Why are we seeing here and not saying, God, open my eyes that I might see the power and the strength of God that's backing me, that I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not standing on my job as the only believer trying to let my little light shine. No. You got a mighty force of heaven backing you up if you would open your mouth and see that the word of God works effectively in you. Looked like they were going to die that day till God opened his eyes. You'll find that heaven's armies way more powerful than their earthly armies. And that enemy had turned on itself and they saw great victory that day. That's what we need. Open eyes to see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, the reason why people can't see, the reason why we at times can't see is because our eyes have been clouded. And the enemy has done that. Satan has done that. You'll watch this right here. If you don't know that your windshield needs cleaning, you'll never clean it. Right? We, uh, so the other day, my husband was giving someone some uh, new binoculars because they were getting ready to go hunting somewhere. And he's like, hey, do you have new binoculars? Do you have, do you have any binoculars? And this person says, yeah, I have an old pair. They're kind of jacked up, but um, I'm used to them. I said, well, that'll preach. I mean, how many of you wait to the very last second to go get new glasses? Oh, they're very foggy. Oh, they're all scratched up and jacked up. But, I mean, I'm used to them. I've learned how to hold my head just right to see the page. It says, so if the good news that we tell others is covered with a veil, it's hidden from those who are dying. The God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. As a result, they don't see. 
Eyes have been blinded by the enemy of this world, and as a result of that, they don't see the light of the good news about Christ's glory. And if you learn and study about Christ's glory, the glory of God is the goodness of God. People of this world, even people sitting in this room, have been blinded by Satan so we don't see the goodness and the favor of God. The enemy distorts what we see. Why is this world so dark? Because the enemy has blinded eyes. Why is this world so dark? Because the enemy has blinded eyes. Why doesn't he want them to see? Because if they see clearly, he has no more control. Why does he blind eyes? He doesn't want them to see. He wants them to walk around in a mist. That's what that, uh, that, that word uh, uh, darkness or veil, it's a mist. It's a cloudy mist. He wants them to walk around veiled and unable to see clearly because if he gets them where they can't see clearly, then he can lead them and guide them because they don't know how to get to where they need to go. But if they ever start seeing clearly and that veil is removed, then he has no more power in their life. Matthew 6:22 says your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body when your eye is good your whole body is filled with light. The reason that Jesus came, one of the reasons that Jesus came in Luke 4:18, this is what he says. <clears throat> he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. When he says he came to bring recovery of sight to the blind, it wasn't just those who are blind naturally. Because if that was the case, he'd have to list everything. He'd bring a recovery of sight to the blind, and he's becoming healing to the lame so they can walk again, and he's healing livers so it can process, you know, the, the toxins in the body, okay, and then he's going to heal backs because people need their backs to be strong. No, he said recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus was empowered to provide recovery of sight to those who are blind. That word blind means those who are, are prideful, uh, foolish, wrapped in a mist or smoke. Jesus came to bring, bring clarity to our sight. He came to bring me clear vision, to remove the scales that the enemy has put there, to clear the smoke, to give us the ability to see how we're supposed to see. That's why in Psalms 119, David prayed this, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful truths of your instructions. One of the things that we need to pray, God, continue to give me open eyes. Because I can tell you, the enemy's always wanting to throw up smoke in your eyes. Always wanting to, <laughs> to spit smoke in your eyes. Always wanting to blow some smoke in your eyes so, you got, so your eyes can't see. So our prayer should always be, God, open my eyes that I might see. Keep my eyes open. Help me to see what I need to see. God, in my current situation, help us to see it correctly. Help us to see our current, our, our current world correctly. Because if we're not cautious, we'll see it with our natural eyes, and we won't see God's plan and purpose come to pass. Paul prayed this prayer for the Ephesians. And it's a prayer, man, that I was challenged years ago to pray over my own self and my family and the people who are 
you know, you. And we should pray this over ourselves and the people around us. It's a prayer in Ephesians. It says this in the message translation. Paul says, I couldn't stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I'd think of you and I'd give thanks, but I'd do more than thank. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. He says that your eyes would be focused and clear. That's a powerful prayer right there. That our eyes would be focused and clear. Another translation says, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I pray that your mind might see more clearly so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Why do you need clear eyes to see? So we know what it is he's calling us to do, to grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Oh, the extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. This needs to be our prayer. For us, for the world around us, that our eyes would be opened to God's purpose. Open to his kingdom being established in us. At the start of 2020, it was declared over Celebration Church. This is our year of greater things. I don't know if you still see that or not. Some of y'all took your bracelets off, I think, chopped them up and put them down the garbage disposal. I don't know. Some of y'all might have taken yours off and said, well, I can tell God made a mistake on that one. What do you see? This is our year of greater things. What do you see? What do you look intently at? What do you perceive? What are you giving your attention to? Do you see a country divided, people fearing, hiding from a virus, racial injustice, tension, fear, families struggling, a future that's unsure? Oh, maybe here. Maybe here. Or do you see a great opportunity for a spiritual awakening. An opportunity for the church to actually be the light. For God's goodness to be seen in the middle of corruption. For the love and unity of Christ in us. Christ in us. Bringing hope and healing to the racial and social injustice around us. What do you see? When the world goes dark, the Bible says the church, not the religious system. Let me tell you, the religious system is just as dark as the world or darker. But we as believers in Christ Jesus should burn bright with the love of Jesus Christ. In your own personal life, what do you see? Do you see your kid addicted, messed up? Or do you see your kid like God sees him in his right mind with clear eyes, clearly seeing the purpose for which they were born? Do you see yourself living in want and lack and not having enough paycheck to paycheck struggling? Or do you see God's favor and abundance flowing towards you 
in an abundant way? Do you see yourself getting sick and dying before you should? Or do you see the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you, giving life to you, bringing life in you and through you to the world around you? Do you see your life over because of the mistakes of your past, from crazy decisions that you've made back there? Or do you see God's love chasing you, working all things out for your good? I want to encourage us today, Celebration Church. I want to encourage us in the middle of our struggle to refuse to see defeat and choose to see everything coming at us as an opportunity for the Word of God to work mightily in us because we see it correctly. God said if we see it right, He'll see to it that every word spoken shall come to pass. The word of God is so true. It doesn't matter what you're facing. This word, you see it correctly, drives out fear, depression, anxiety, drives out sickness, disease, poverty, lack, brings love where there was hatred, brings forgiveness where there was for unforgiveness, brings restoration where there was brokenness. And I love it because God says, what do you see? You see correctly. Now I can confirm my word and see to it that every word spoken shall come to pass. Father, we thank you today for who you are. God, as a people, God, we ask for open eyes, clear eyes. Father, I come against as an authority in this house. God, I come against the blindness, that the mist that has covered people's eyes. God, I command by the power and the authority of the cross that that mist be removed. God, that you bring clarity to vision, bring clarity to eyes. God, help us to see our world correctly. God, help us to see each other correctly. Help us to see our family correctly. Help us to see our current situation correctly. God, help us to see like you see. God, I ask for eyes that see. God, may the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, our eyes focused and clear. God, I pray that we see exactly what it is you're calling us to do. God, to see your goodness and favor in every aspect of our life. God, help us to see our children correctly, our family correctly, our money correctly, our body correctly. God, we ask for open eyes. God, we're in great expectation that this is the year of greater things. God, we see our body whole. God, we see our family loving and serving God with their whole heart. God, we see our children fulfilling their purpose and the call that you have on them. God, the reason that why they were born, they hit their mark. God, we see the, the good life you have for us. God, we see advancement and accelerated growth in our life. God, we speak, see a spiritual awakening, God, in this valley, starting with our homes, God. God, we welcome you into our home, into our life, God, that we would see things like you see it. God, I speak peace, I speak wholeness, I speak restoration. God, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this building, and those of you at home or wherever you're at online, I want to give you an opportunity 
to receive Jesus Christ. The Bible says, God so loved this world. This world that you think is falling apart and crazy and demented and perverted and so hopeless. Yeah. God so loved this world that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to give his life, to trade our sorry, sucky, demented, perverted life for his perfect one. I want to give you an opportunity just to trade your life for his. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for loving me so very much that you sent Jesus to live and die for me. To rise again on the third day, giving me victory over every evil thing that may come my way. I surrender to your way. And I believe right now, I have eyes that see what you want me to see. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with a message of Jesus. 